you ever wanted to know the secrets to successfully juggling the demands of building a business and marriage and raising a family? If so, then this podcast is for you. Hi, I'm Monica Tanner, a wife, mama to four kids, and a relationship and intimacy expert. My mission is to ensure that passionate entrepreneurs like you never have to choose between your dedication to your family and your passion for your message. Having it all is absolutely possible. Welcome to On the Brighter Side, marriage for entrepreneurs. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to On the Brighter Side, marriage for entrepreneurs. If you are a longtime listener, thank you so much for tuning in. And if this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. I am your host, Monica Tanner, and I'm really excited about my topic today. It's something that I have been doing a lot of teaching and coaching on, and with it being almost November and moving into kind of a busier sort of holiday season, the topic seems really appropriate. So I want to talk today about this one game-changing shift that will open up your relationship for so much more intimacy. And the concept I want to talk about today is love and appreciation. So if you're familiar with my work and my frameworks, I talk a lot about the magnetic marriage blueprint. And there are three very important laws that the whole framework is built upon. And basically, once you start to accept and understand and implement these laws, it makes connection and intimacy so much easier and more available. And those three laws are, number one, the only thing you have 100% control over in any given circumstance is yourself, which means you can't control the people around you, right? You can't control the weather. You can't control the economy. There's certain things that you just can't control. You can influence other people and the situation, but the only thing you have 100% control over is yourself. So that's law number one. Law number two is that you are 100% in control of the experience you're having in any given circumstance. So I know this is a tricky one because people often come back and say, you can't control everything about your experience, right? There's all these different factors that are playing a part in what you're experiencing, right? But the truth of the matter is, is that no matter what's going on around you, you are in full control of the story you're telling yourself and the thoughts that you're having about what's happening. And that alone makes a huge difference and I would say all the difference and how you're actually experiencing whatever it is that's happening. So a lot of this comes from the work of Viktor Frankl, a Holocaust survivor, and he, how he talks about being in the concentration camps and experiencing probably the worst thing that any human could ever go through is watching the people around you be tortured and killed, right? But he talks about how he controlled how he showed up. So even though it was a horrible, horrible circumstance, 
He still had full control over his experience in that circumstance by the things he chose to think about. So that's what we're going to be talking and focusing on a lot today is that law number two. And then number three is that your spouse's job, and for that matter, your kid's job and your in-law's job and your co-worker's job is simply to be 100% themselves, right? So all of these laws work together to create the best environment for intimacy. And so this hack that I want to talk about today has to do with law number two, the fact that we are 100% in control of the experience that we're having in any given circumstance. So let's talk about your brain for a little bit, because one of your brain's main functions is to solve problems and to recognize things that could potentially harm us or be uncomfortable. And when it recognizes those things, it wants to fight against them or find a solution to them or get away from them, right? And in some situations, this is super duper helpful, but not in all situations. If we let our brain just go on default, then a lot of times our brain starts to pick out problems or dangers that aren't really useful to us. And if we're going to be 100% in control of the experience we're having in any given circumstance, then it's important for us to manage our brain and our thoughts and the story we're telling ourselves in a way that serves us. Because there really are lots of different ways that we can interpret the exact same circumstances depending on the thoughts that we choose to think about it. And this is where this starts to really get fun, especially when you start applying it to your relationships and especially your marriage. So let's talk about marriage for a second. When we talk about the magnetic marriage blueprint, part of that is just the natural progression of any and every marriage, which starts like typically an intense attraction for one another, right? So you have two people who are super duper duper attracted to each other and they literally love everything about each other. They hang on each other's every word. They love to be around each other. Everything's fresh and new and shiny. Every idea, every movement, every sound is exciting and all of the feel-good chemicals in your brain are activated because you just think that this person is the most amazing person that ever walked the planet, right? You're magnetically attracted to them, so much so that you decide that you want to spend the rest of your life with them, right? You promise each other that you're going to be together for better, for worse, in sickness and health, for richer, for poorer, no matter what happens, this is your person. And so you get married, on this idea and pretense of happily ever after, right? But very few people talk about the after. And so you make all these promises and your brain is just like addicted to this person and they can do no wrong and you make all these promises and then real life starts to set in, right? You start having children and working on your career and you take on a mortgage and car payments and slowly but surely that honeymoon period starts to wear off a little bit and you look at this person that you promised to be with forever and ever and ever and instead of having zero 
physical flaws and all of the feel-good chemicals firing off. Sometimes we look at this person and we're like, oh my gosh, it's much easier now for your brain on default to see their imperfections and their shortcomings. And it's easy to get caught up in all of the responsibilities, roles, and routines. And all of a sudden, this person that you married isn't so perfect anymore. And so we start to look at them with a more critical and judgmental type of attitude. And your brain starts to pick up on different problems that were probably there all along, but now your brain on default feels like it's doing its job by protecting you from this, that, or the other that might make you uncomfortable or in danger somehow. And I think that if you've been married for any length of time, we can all pinpoint a little bit of this transition where it was like your partner went from perfect, could do no wrong, the most amazing human on the planet to a little more human with some weaknesses. And maybe now your brain is not feeding you this euphoric idea of happily ever after anymore. And now it becomes way more important to start managing our thoughts and the story we're telling ourselves. Otherwise, it's very easy to fall prey to the idea that all of a sudden there's something wrong with our marriage and there's something wrong with our spouse and maybe even there's something wrong with us, right? Okay, so here's where it gets really fun. If we want our experience in our marriage to be really intimate and passionate and exciting and wonderful, then we need to be aware of the times when our brain just defaults into criticism and judgment and fault finding. And we need to start channeling that into some more intentional love and appreciation. And that's where the magic happens. That's when real connection and intimacy is formed. So today I want to give you three specific times during the day when you can be aware of the default thoughts that are coming into your brain versus being more intentional with thoughts of love and appreciation. So here we go. First critically important time of day is first thing in the morning right when we wake up. So for me, as a busy wife and mom and business owner and all the things, as soon as I wake up in the morning, if my brain is just on default, I will almost always start running through all the things that I have to do in rapid succession. So it's basically my to-do list. Here are all the things I have to do today. Laundry, emails, get the kids ready for school, run some errands, and on and on and on, right? And that's my brain on default handing me a list of all of the things that I have to do or all of the problems that I need to solve, right? It instantly engages my brain in, all right, it's time to get to work. And it's easy for me to neglect the things that are most important to me, overlook the people who are the most important to me, and instantly start going into judgment and criticism of how everybody else is showing up and either helping me get things done or hindering me from getting things done, right? So when you start your morning with all the things that you have to do, it creates one frame in which you can go through your day. But what if instead, the moment you wake up, you took a deep breath 
and immediately focused your brain on the tremendous amount of love and appreciation you have for who you are, where you are, who you're waking up next to, and who you have the opportunity to serve all day long. And the cool thing about it is you're completely in control. So while your brain might try to hand you your to-do list immediately when you wake up, you really do have the power to take a deep breath and breathe in gratitude, love, and appreciation. And in that frame of mind, I know for me, I'm much more likely to roll over and snuggle my husband and fall even deeper into how grateful I am that he is who he is and how kind he is to our family and all the wonderful things that he does for us and the example that he is for us. And I'm grateful to have woken up in my warm bed in a home that I love and that my kids are growing and they're so fun to be around. And not that I have to do all of these things, but that I get to do all of these things all day long. So it really is a simple shift from letting your brain feed you your to-do list to giving your brain love, appreciation, and gratitude first thing. So that's number one. That's the first critical time of day where we can actually replace our brain's default thoughts with our own loving and appreciative thoughts. So the second time I found that it's super critical to manage our thoughts is when we're coming home from just about anywhere. So if we've been at work or we've been running errands or we've been driving kids around or we've been shopping, when we come home, I know for me at least, my brain on default walks in the door and immediately starts thinking, oh my gosh, the house is a wreck. Maybe the laundry needs to be changed or we need to get dinner started or kids haven't been supervised and any other critical or judgmental thought that my brain on default just starts bombarding me with whenever I walk in the door. But the problem with that is that I've always been really adamant about setting my home apart from the world. I always wanted my home to be a really welcoming place, an inviting place, like a wonderful place to be. And I found that for myself, when I walked in the door and I immediately just started seeing all the things that needed to be done or all of the things that hadn't gotten done while I was gone, it made it unpleasant in the back of my head. And obviously, when I immediately go to all the things that need to get done as soon as I walk in the door, it affects the way I show up, right? It affects the way I feel about the people who are there in my home. I remember a time when I was staying at home with a whole bunch of young kids and my husband would leave for work and then he would come home and it seemed like every single time he walked in the door, he would immediately go straight to some critical like, what have you guys been doing all day? Or the house is a mess or nothing got done or like all of these really critical thoughts and it would immediately put me on the defensive and it set the tone for like the entire evening. And I remember feeling so frustrated, like, okay, can you just 
come home and say one nice thing before you launch into what the heck happened here all day, right? And so I remember having this discussion with him. I'm like, okay, you are not allowed to come home and immediately start being judgmental about what has been happening while you are gone. You have to say one nice thing about our home before you launch into any type of disappointment about some expectation that you had that wasn't met, right? And that was many, many years ago. But in that time, we both had a chance to really start being intentional about the thoughts that we have right when we walk in the door. So for me, it's just like when I wake up in the morning, I come home, I take a deep breath, and I intentionally start thinking about the things that I'm grateful for. And it completely changes the way I show up, right? I walk in the door and I'm grateful for my home and for my kids and for my spouse. And maybe there's a huge mess on the counter. But instead of thinking, oh, that mess needs to get cleaned up, I think how wonderful that we have a home where we can cook and do homework and enjoy living here rather than just a place where I have all of these jobs I have to do. Does that make sense? So it's replacing these default kind of unmet expectations with more gratitude, love, and appreciation. And this can look all different kinds of ways. Like maybe you come home and you take a deep breath and you breathe in. Ah, I'm home. I'm home with the people who love me and the house that we have built together. And instead of pointing out the things that aren't right, maybe intentionally looking for the things that bring you joy. So now why does this work? Because I can already hear some of you challenging me, like how does me overlooking all the things that are wrong really build intimacy? Or how does ignoring all the stuff that needs to get done really gonna help me feel more connected and close? or make progress in my marriage, right? I can hear all of those objections just coming up and maybe I've lost some of you, but I want to invite you to consider the thought because I definitely am not advising that you stuff your emotions or you ignore the things that might be going wrong or that need to get done or maybe problems. I'm not telling you to have your brain completely ignore any problems that are coming up. But what I am suggesting is that you think about how different it is when you approach your partner or your family with a concern you have or something and you do it from a place of criticism, judgment, or fault finding versus when you come in with love and appreciation and gratitude, but yet you still think that things could be different, right? It's much more expansive as far as possibilities of how we could make things better together, then it's all your fault that things aren't going well. So from a place of love and appreciation, it's much easier to come up with solutions that both you and your spouse and even your family can get behind because they can feel that 
from you. And when you're coming home from being away and you step into your home full of love and appreciation, that's definitely something that can be felt. It magnetizes people to you as well as helps to connect you to the people that are there when you're intentionally looking for why you love and appreciate your spouse and your family and your home. Not only that, but love and appreciation is way more sexy than judgment and criticism. I promise you that. So just do a little experiment for me. In the next few days, I want you to notice the thoughts that you're having immediately when you walk in the door from being away. And now are these thoughts more critical and judgmental of even yourself or of your family or of your partner? And if so, I want you to step over the threshold of your home, take a deep breath and intentionally look for reasons to be grateful. I want you to breathe in love and appreciation for your home and for the people inside of it and see if that makes a difference and how others respond to you and how you feel about your home. So I'm really excited to get feedback from you guys either on Instagram or you can send me an email, but let me know if that changes things for you. And then the final time when this overriding your brain's default settings is really, really important is right when you climb into bed at night. So for me, this looked like a lot of criticism and judgment of myself in my younger years. I would get into bed and I would go over the day and think about all the things that didn't get done or the times I yelled at my kids or maybe missed an opportunity to do something really important, right? I was like ripping myself to shreds every night before going to bed and have since learned to override those default thoughts with, again, love and appreciation for myself, for my spouse, for my kids, for my friends. Instead of looking for what didn't go right, I focus my attention on energy on what did. And in that state, I'm much more likely to respond to an invitation to cuddle from my husband, to say my prayers with gratitude, to cut myself some slack and know that I'm always doing the best that I can. And that is enough. And for me to be able to show myself and those around me love and appreciation and gratitude is one of the best gifts and one of the best ways I know to show up for my family in the best way possible. And it also inspires me to have these intimate and connecting conversations with my husband, like how was your day from a place of appreciation and not judgment. So those are the three times when really examining what your brain is giving you on default versus intentionally filling your brain with love and appreciation is so crucial. Right when you wake up in the morning, anytime you come home from being away and right before you go to bed. So I want to hear about how that goes for you when you set your intention on those three points. 
I also want to invite you, if you're listening, husbands, specifically hardworking husbands who love your wives and you want to increase the amount of connection and intimacy you're having with them, but you understand that they're busy and especially coming up on the holiday season, how busy and stressful that can be. I created a program just for you guys. It's actually a 14 day challenge and it's super fun and effective and it takes less than 15 minutes a day. So if you want to learn more, it's called the Offensive Playbook Challenge. Now, what we've been talking about in today's podcast is actually an offensive play. Defense would be just going through the motions and not consciously making an effort, right? Offense in your marriage is actually doing things that makes your marriage better, that makes your relationship better, that fosters more intimacy and connection. And so if you'd like to check out the Offensive Playbook Challenge, it's really simple. You're going to go to www.offensiveplaybookchallenge.com and there you'll see a video where I explain all about it. So if you're listening and you're a wife and you're like, I would love my husband to do that, just send him the link. And if you're a husband and you're like, yeah, I'm ready for more intimacy and connection, I want you to go to www.offensiveplaybookchallenge.com. And if you have any questions about anything, do not hesitate to ask. And I will see you next week with a brand new episode. And until then, happy marriaging. If you had as much fun as we did just now, please be sure to go to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review, which helps others to find the show. You can also share your favorite episodes on social media. And if you want more, head over to onthebrightersideofmarriage.com and download a copy of my five things I do every day to keep my marriage sizzling hot. And until next time, have courage, be kind, and stay on the brighter side.